It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh my goodness. Hey, we're going into Christmas. Really you did it. Yeah. That was really good. You, know, you did it. You. Well, that was good, Gio. I did that surprise. The, the people at this table didn't know I was going to do that. We did not. He surprised us. <laughs> but isn't it the most wonderful time of the year? You know, we're going into December. Well, Although it was the w- most wonderful time until <laughs> you started singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I know, Roland, Thanksgiving is like your most wonderful time. Yes. You love Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is a stressful time of year. But for the It's <laughs> the most stressful, stressful time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, now that you say that, that's what we're going to talk about. As we enter the Christmas season, as we enter the holidays here, um, we're going to talk about the different tensions that we possibly, as husband and wife, are going to walk into. And there's a lot of different things. There's there's extended family. There's going to be tensions with finances. How much do we spend on gifts and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the children, the all the things that go with that. But today we're going to focus on the extended family. And how we can work through some of those tensions and some of the struggles that we may have so that we truly can experience the most wonderful time of the year. Stay with us. What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work, soon became a statement. God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Roland here with my wife. Tammy. And our great friends. Gio and... Susie. Yeah. Suzanne. Yeah, it's good to be back. We were <laughs> live last week. Mm-hmm. It was good to be live, but mm-hmm. it's good to be back in the in the studio. Mm-hmm. The CFL studio. In Burkdale. In Burkdale. <laughs> uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you're ever in the area, look us up. Yep, Coffee shop. Uh, just down on the first floor from here. Hey, Burkdale is nice. Speaking of the most wonderful time of the year, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Burkdale is a pretty cool place to to walk around. And ice skating is expensive. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it but already open? But that's a new addition. Yes. Did they light the tree already? I don't know if oh, they've had the tree know. lighting already. I don't know. It's like a Hallmark episode. It is. It, why are you going to steal my? <laughs> <laughs> he knew what I was going to say. You know what a I Hallmark? Said, you know what a Hallmark is like? It's like the word insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. No, no, You're never no, going to get the, a different result. That's the whole point. We know the result yes. and we love it. <laughs> I'm not exactly. sure about that. So do you like the white collar guy in a suit and tie or is it the scruffy guy in the flannel that's oh, going to get the girl the at the point. end? That's, that's the only difference irrelevant. in the whole show. That's irrelevant. <laughs> How do you make uh, like our 500 movies out of one Absolutely. storyline? Turn to the Hallmark Channel and watch <laughs> Talk about tensions. Hallmark yeah. movies always has that tension in the middle, mm-hmm. but then right. somehow they resolve it, it within the hour. Mm-hmm. Happy ending. It's, it's predictable. And it's always with snow in the back and you know a reindeer jumping over something. and mm-hmm. It's beautiful. He, he, here's it. what I think we can all agree on, <clears throat> and there are no tensions. It's unanimous that the greatest Christmas movie is Elf. Elf. Agreed. I'd have to agree with It's up with there, that. man. Right? Yeah, we save it. We I haven't even watched it yet. We save it. For <laughs> the right I guess night. if you go with some of the old classics, you know, It's a Wonderful Life or things like that. I love but It's Elf, a Wonderful Life. 
Elf, man. And and certainly the most quotable. Yeah, absolutely. For our family. Ooh, a Christmas sure. gram. I want one. <laughs> you <laughs> smell like beef, beef and cheese. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys high-fiving over there. Oh, that's good. Well, we'll get into our series on holiday tensions, talking about extended family, how to navigate that legitimately. I'm sure that that... Could be the cause of a lot of conflict. Could be the cause of a lot of frustration, bitterness uh, between between couples, and it, it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, there can certainly be tensions where we have different points of view, but but how do we navigate that? Before we jump in, we just want to remind all of our listeners that Christian family life wants to strengthen marriages, and one of the very tangible ways that we do that is through our eight-week small group study to Becoming One. It drives the vision of our ministry. The vision of our ministry is that there be marriage disciples uh, who are going to strengthen marriages in communities, in churches, and countries, that they're going to help young couples prepare for marriage, that they're going to enrich and strengthen the marriages of those that are married and communicate hope to those that may be in crisis. And so this eight-week small group study is a great way for you, the listener, to not only enrich your marriage, but together with your spouse, invite one other couple or invite three or four other couples to go through a Bible study together. Maybe as you go into the Christmas season, you pray about maybe going into the new year, bringing some couples together. But the To Becoming One small group study is something that we would love for you to consider implementing and investing in other people's marriages because I guarantee you that you'll mar- your marriage will be blessed as a result. In fact, here's a review uh, that we just uh, picked up on Amazon. We've been married for 31 years, and kudos for this couple for choosing to continue invest in their marriage because it's easy to go, hey, we've been married 30 years. What, what more information do we need? Uh, It says, To Becoming One is transformative. The books assisted us in doing a retrospection of our marriage and really understand and put to use God's word in our lives and marriage. It was really powerful identifying some of our bad behavior that hurt us and were contrary to God's plan for our marriage. The Mm -hmm. icing on the cake. It was fun. (laughs) Our church presented the information in a small group setting along with daily homework allowing the necessary drill down to becoming one is an exciting and loving exercise to discover God's purpose and design Mm -hmm. for marriage. Thank you, uh, Sabrina, for sharing that review uh, over on Amazon. And I'm just so thankful to know that the impact of this message we're communicating is strengthening marriages all over the world. Yeah. Mm. I really think the message in there is is great because number one, you already mentioned it, 31 years, right? So they've been married 31 years, but yet they're looking to enhance their marriage, which goes out to say it doesn't matter if you're newly married or even if you're thinking about marriage or you've been married that long or longer, you can still learn something from the faith principles. The other thing I think that we can draw from it is it's a great tool for churches to build out a marriage discipleship culture. And it's not necessarily for only the couple that's struggling. Mm-hmm. It's it's for everybody. So whether you are uh, in a very difficult situation right now in your marriage or whether you feel like you're thriving in your marriage, it fits. 
And as a matter of fact, we, Susie and I have done small groups where we've had people in there that are struggling and people that are thriving. And what God does to use each of them to speak into mm-hmm. each other is just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And so mm-hmm. I want to encourage you continue building out that marriage discipleship culture in your church. And if we can come alongside, we'd love to. We'd you, love to do and that. And you know what I love? Mm-hmm. I do love this about, it's almost, you know, we, you're kind of giving permission for people to talk about their marriage yeah. in that setting because, you know, you might sit around and do things with other couples and you're not really talking about your marriage. You're just, you know, things might come out now and then. But I just think that, you know, you can you can be real with um, a few other couples and, and that that's it's such a healthy uh, way to, you know, obviously without any kind of, you know, bashing your your spouse mm-hmm. in front of other people but you know that does happen sometimes when when you're just getting together with people socially whereas i just feel like this you know we establish that we're not we're not going to call our our spouses out you know when we start mm-hmm. this but it's a time to to just really enrich um if it's good if it's not good you know mm-hmm. it's going to be better in the end mm-hmm. and and it's not just a one time deal you can <laughs> no. keep going so yeah I think if you're asking yourself, well, you know, of, of course you're going to give rave reviews to this material because it's, you know, through your ministry, <laughs> I would challenge you. I would challenge you to order the book, even go online and see if you can see a few pages. Um, the reason that it's so transformative is not because of necessarily the authors, although they were a wonderful couple. Mm-hmm. It's because it's got so much of God's word spread throughout it. Mm-hmm. And God's word is what transforms us. That's the only so thing. Mm-hmm. that's good. Well, and that's what we want to bring to the conversation today because you know you, we go into the holiday season and we may go in right out of Thanksgiving thanking the Lord for our spouse, and we we may enter right into Christmas mm-hmm. hating everybody because of everything <laughs> you know. And and I don't want to blame our culture, but our culture has a little bit to do with what they've created Christmas to be, mm-hmm. and some of the tensions and some of the pressures and. You know, you've, your house has got to be nicer than the neighbor's house and you've got to have better presents than the other person and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that comes into play. And so I know that some of the tensions are families coming over. What are we going to do with family? Mm-hmm. Some of the tensions can be flat out ugly. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like that family member, so I'm not going to invite them, but I'm going to invite these family members over. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have different things that we deal with. I know that we've been blessed in our family. So... Some of the realities that we have come across are not necessarily our own, but people that have come to us for some help and some advice to walk through these tensions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're not going to resolve everything in 30 minutes. And we are doing this series on holiday tensions. And as we look at extended families, I think it'd be good if we just looked at some driving principles that will help you in your specific situation. Because I'm sure if we were to take specific situations, uh, there would there would be hundreds, if not thousands right. of unique situations. But we really feel like there are some principles we'd love to share with you. Uh, I think we can do two things is one, the principle that drives it and then why. So I think a good principle to discuss would be freedom to establish traditions. And what fights against mm. that freedom is the fact that each spouse brings traditions that are really important to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And because those traditions are so important to them, mm-hmm. it may be that their whole life they dreamed of going into marriage to establish those same traditions. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, you're realizing that there are things threatening 
mm-hmm. the tradition that you have grown so accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So how, how do we work through that to provide freedom that couples would have to establish their own traditions? I think in the interview process of dating, you ask the person, hey, these are my traditions. Are you okay with that? We're going to go right. with it, right? No. <laughs> well, I know, I know for, for three of the four of us at this table, the 24th was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. The, we call it Noche, Noche Buena. We roasted. Yeah, not to, not to call anybody out. Excuse me. The twenty fourth was a big deal for us too. We just didn't roast a pig. It, it was still. Well, it's not that big a deal then. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was our day. You didn't do it on the twenty fifth. No, the only you thing always... we did on the twenty fifth was the stockings. We had family dinner. We sat around. We. Um, did you roast read, a pig? We read the Christmas story. But we did, opened presents. But did you roast a pig? <laughs> Did you have rice and black beans? Never in my life before I met this man did we roast a pig. Yucca? Did you have yucca? No. No, she calls it yucca. Thank heavens. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say that it really was about the big pig on the 24th because we did not read the Christmas story on the 24th. It was about Jesus. I know. (laughs) No, I will say this. And I'm saying that and I I was, that was my tradition, but like it wasn't about Jesus on the 24th. It was about the pig. Oh, the pig and the gathering and and then at midnight you get your, you know, your the, grapes? Oh no, that's no, New that's New Year's. New Year's. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> that's okay. They're confusing. But, it's all in the same Christmas tradition. But I will say that the first mm-hmm. time I did hear the Christmas story read at Christmas was at Susie's house when we were dating. Twenty fourth or twenty fifth? <laughs> it was on the twenty fifth. No. Are you sure? Positive. The other thing I know is that there was a mound of gifts in front of me. Which, you know, that wasn't your tradition. No, that wasn't our tradition. <laughs> at, at our tradition at midnight, you, well, when we were little, we got more, but when we got older, Roland got the same gift I got, you know, and he's not even a biological child of the family. And so he would get the same gift. But, but, anyways, I still freedom. have those socks. <laughs> Are they your business socks? <laughs> oh. We digress. <laughs> All what that you gotta to, say, G, what you got to say? All that to go back to freedom to establish traditions. And I think that we were given freedom by our families to establish our tradition and then freedom within each other to really mm-hmm. look into our traditions and say, okay, what do we do to bring these together? So you have parents that are feeling left out yeah. as their children and their spouses begin to establish their own holiday traditions that mm-hmm. did not include, include them. them. How dare those children? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is not us, though. <laughs> Man, but that's a great point, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's where the tensions come in because there's expectations that are placed on us, right? Mm-hmm. Or we place, now that we're on the other side of it, right? <laughs> we're, so, mm-hmm. so along with freedom, we look at that another principle, which is to release... Our, our adult children who are married mm-hmm. of unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And in all reality, I think it's imperative to determine whether it's realistic or unrealistic. And mo- most often, and it's not that they're even way out there in left field, but most often real um, expectations are unrealistic. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, not really yours to decide, but I mean, I mean there are a few. There are a few, you know, and especially when they're well communicated, I think it goes well. But I think sometimes we don't even know we have an expectation on our children until Mm -hmm. they don't fulfill it. 
and then we get disappointed or we get sad or sometimes mm-hmm. we get offended or angry. And I guess we're kind of speaking to this as a, a parent piece here, but. Well, um, and that's, that's one of the points that Susie and I, and when we do premarital now, it's almost a whole different lens when we are mm-hmm. talking about leave and cleave and those type of conversations that mm-hmm. we're looking at it now as parents of adult kids that are now married because we didn't see that 10, 15 years ago. But now viewing it from a different perspective, it helps yes. in this conversation. It's still leave and cleave. It's still leave and cleave. But it's be patient with your parents mm-hmm. as they navigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm thinking as we're, as we're really halfway into our conversation here uh, that there are biblical principles that, or, or there are, there is scripture, I should say, that drives these principles. Mm-hmm. So freedom to establish traditions, a, a release of unrealistic expectations, and then other principles that we're going to offer really springboard off of the idea of leave and cleave. And the more that we do premarital, the, the more mm-hmm. we realize that our premarital book, Four Questions to Consider, maybe needs to be five, where we spend... Uh, an entire conversation with a young couple on what leave and cleave is going to look like for them. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you, you, you both bring these traditions. And so sometimes it's not even mom and dad feeling left out. A lot of times what you're navigating in your marriage is the traditions that your spouse brings the inclusion of their mom and dad. And maybe you're thinking, well, are we not going to establish our own? Mm-hmm. I think the thought to, to consider there is that, you know, in making those decisions, because you do need to make them. Otherwise, you just float through and, you know, nothing happens. But in making those decisions, whose feelings are you going to prioritize? You know? That's a good question. And and I, I think the answer needs to be, it needs to be your spouse. Your spouse, for right? sure. Well, and I think communication is another principle that we bring into this is is having the conversations because I know for us what what helped us was we talked about it and we communicated and mm-hmm. we, we with all like, sides with all sides there are even conversations I think we had that were like okay what are the best things of your tradition that you really like and what are some of yours and how do we meld these together and how do we make it work and because of the communication and because of the boundaries that we were able to set our kids actually benefited from it they got mm-hmm. to benefit from two different cultures and environments and they loved them both and so they knew what they were getting when we went to miami and spent time there they knew what they were getting when we Mm -hmm. went to venice or springfield missouri when we went there or indiana um and so i think communication is a is a key here um and then being considerate through the process rather than saying nope this is my tradition we're never changing anything and this is how we're doing it and you're just gonna have to suck it up because that's the way it is but having that conversation i think a very valid feeling that people have is either you get invited to a family holiday get together or there's an expectation mm-hmm. that that you're going to invite people in and depending on how you and your spouse are wired <laughs> <laughs> you know there's going to be a, a very different approach one might have a sense of great anticipation and they can't wait. And the other one just has this sense of, of being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and very reluctantly 
going into whatever that get together is going to look like. And so that's where we consider this idea of whose feelings are you going to prioritize? But here's what's important to know is just because you have a certain feeling about someone that goes back to whether you're introverted or extroverted or specifically how your personality is wired. It doesn't mean that just because you're wired a certain way that you just stiff arm the whole idea. Mm-hmm. but you do go into a conversation with your spouse knowing that, look, above all things, I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, your feelings are a priority. And mm-hmm. if there's feelings of stress or feelings of overwhelmed with something, well, how do we work through that while still implementing biblical principles like uh, outdo one another in showing honor, uh, consider others needs above your own, Because sadly, another principle that a lot of people want to talk about during the holiday season, and it's, it's, I I mean, if, if, if you haven't already heard it, there's a resurgence of a word that's out there and multiple books are being written on it. And it's this idea of boundaries. And while we can certainly agree that certain boundaries relationally are really important. I think we also need to agree that we need to ask ourselves the question is what's driving those boundaries? Mm -hmm. Because if we're not careful, there's a lot of selfishness Mm -hmm. that's Mm going to drive those boundaries. And even in that selfishness, we, we take an eisegetical view. That's, that's a made up word. There's a, there's a, there's a fancy theological word, which is exegesis, where we really study scripture to understand the context that drove why it was written to understand its meaning for us today. There's an, there's eisegesis with emphasis on the eye that looks at scripture to try to support. So it's basically a deductive approach rather than an inductive approach to scripture. And if we're not careful, these boundary books take an eisegetical deductive approach to scripture to support something that they, mm-hmm. something that sounds good. You know, yeah. this, Oh yeah, I need this. This, this sounds really, mm-hmm. like, really healthy to me. And then we're not challenged. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need the way that I'm wired uh, as much as yeah. people energy that I have. Uh, you know, I need, I need Tammy to not get so <laughs> wrapped up with myself. <laughs> no, that's a great thought. I think, uh, it's easier to go the comfort route on how this is going to affect this decision is going to affect me. And so I'm going to make this decision. And so there's that, that crazy uncle or that, you know, that friend up the road that I really don't want here because they, they bother me. So therefore I'm the boundary I'm going to set is not inviting them (laughs) Um, versus a true boundary of there is, there is a toxic setting that when that person comes in it disrupts the family and it's always heard and they you know mm-hmm. and, and having that conversation versus you know it just doesn't fit my style or what i want so therefore this is the boundary i'm going to set mm-hmm. when i think about what you were just talking about with boundaries and i do think that in some scenarios it you know the boundaries need to be set for sure mm-hmm. you know there are toxic people and and they're just looking for an audience and they're looking for mm-hmm to come into a situation and, and disrupt. And so I definitely agree with that. But then there's the boundaries of, you know, I'm not, you know, this isn't, 
these aren't my BFFs and, you know, they're not people that are easy to be with, but they're my family. <laughs> if it's, if that's the case, if it's your family, if it's friends of the family or whoever you're ha- having over. But Tammy, you have to have Roland at the party. <laughs> he has to come. <laughs> and I always want him there. But, um, you know, I think of the verse, John 30, um, John three thirty that says he must increase, but I must decrease. Mm. And I just think of, you know, how, how, these are moments sometimes that you can, when you, when it's just less of you and more of the Lord and just letting, let, you know, there are times where you just, sometimes it's just easy to be around people. And sometimes you just need the Lord, you know, go before me and, and help me. And there's around. people that are not easy to be around, but, and, you know, maybe we are those people depending on what season <laughs> we're in. Honestly, you know, I, you know, we can, we can all be there. We can all, you know, go back and forth from <laughs> depending on the stress level or whatever. Um, you're at capacity, but I do think that there is this, there's expectations with holidays that there is like, we got to make it perfect and we got to plan things and and we've got to have all these things, you know? And I think that sometimes it, like it ends up being really special and really sweet. And sometimes it's a little chaos, but it's still, you know, you're still gathering with, with everybody. And isn't that the the perfect family? It's a little blend of love and chaos. Yes, the perfect blend. We have a, see, a sign that our daughter, our oldest, got us, uh, and we put it. We had it up on the wall for a while. It says, "Family is the perfect blend of love and chaos," and it's <laughs> true. And you know, and I don't know. I is think that, that us are we like love and chaos? Yeah, I'm the love. I'm part. The, who? No, I want to be the love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say Roland likes to disrupt <laughs> things and point out <laughs> Roland. But we always we have we have some good conversations. We're talking all the time. We're going through um going through what needs to things that need to change, things that need to that we can improve on. And mm-hmm. you know, for my personality, I'm like, eh, it's okay, you know. When, but thing, I need him. I need his perspective yeah. for sure. Yeah, we need each other. And maybe one principle that we need to also throw in there is is make time to have the conversation. Yeah, make especially time. at this time of uh, year. Especially. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. You have to make the time because it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And and it may be that it may be that you don't show up. And, and maybe your marriage, and again, every marriage is different, but it may be that the best thing for your marriage is to go on a date, just the two of you, and you may need to drive 45 minutes away from where you live so that you are sure to not run into <laughs> somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. So, so just in thinking of that point and kind of wrapping up that last Um, bullet point, you know, we're not saying don't set boundaries. If that's what you're hearing, you're not hearing us correctly. We're Mm -hmm. asking you as you look to create healthy boundaries, look to the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do as opposed to what do I want? Yeah. Because boundaries can, can be, if you're listening and if you've stuck with us this long and if you're listening, they can be very selfish Mm-hmm. It's 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 what makes me feel good and what's good for my mental health and what's good, mm-hmm. and we're not excluding those. All we're saying is, go to the Lord in setting those boundaries and mm-hmm. let Him guide them, because I think sometimes we have way more capacity when we lean on the power of the Holy Spirit than we think yeah. we have. And Absolutely. your spouse, oh for sure, and, and your spouse. Yep. 
Yeah, I think as I mean, our time, it's unbelievable how fast the time goes, but <laughs> the the love unconditionally peace, I know that we use the word faith to describe mm-hmm. the faith love aspect and forgiveness is one. And perhaps there's people in your family or close circles that you need to forgive and you've held a grudge against them. And that's why there's tension in the holidays is because of that tension. And um, look at it through the lens of being forgiven by God. You know, uh, A is... You know, the, the, in the uh, faith is acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and perhaps you need to accept family. Just like they are. Just mm-hmm. like they are and not place to certain expectations and, and love them for who they are and, and, and move on from there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the rest of the word faith, love, we can talk about another time. You can go back mm. to another podcast, but right. I think the main ones are there are the faith and or the F for forgiveness and the A for acceptance. And the H at the end is the Holy Spirit. Because in in your own strength, just like we talk about a marriage, it's very difficult for you to love your spouse the way Scripture teaches us in agape Mm -hmm. love. It's the same thing with those in other relationships. And so really taking the time to pause as soon as you said, let's let's look to the Lord and ask him, okay, what are some areas in my own life that I need to get right that I'm imposing on family just because I don't want to get it right in my own life? And Mm -hmm. let me be right with the Lord and... When you're in that vein and you're looking at it through that lens, you're right, Suze. I think it gives you more capacity to be caring and loving. And man, mm. it is Christmas. It's the birth of Christ. It's, right. it's the birth of salvation and forgiveness yeah. and the ultimate forgiveness that we ought to be living in. Yeah. I think as we just kind of offer our, our final thoughts on this holiday tension of navigating the get-togethers and navigating extended families and navigating all of the expectations that we have. And I mean, I don't know Mm -hmm. what stands out for you guys. One of the things that stands out for me is the idea of, of loving unconditionally Mm -hmm. being loving in the way that I go about things. Cause I think sadly, sometimes we make decisions and they can be, they can be rude. Mm -hmm. And so we end up coming across route. Now we, we, we can't really control how people perceive us, but we can certainly really ask the Lord, even as you mentioned, Gio, the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to give us a tenderness, to give us a sensitivity mm-hmm. and to give us unconditional love. And sometimes the most loving thing we can do, depending on the person that's on the other side of it, may mm-hmm. misinterpret yeah. a decision that we make, but that's where, my my priority is my spouse, my love for the Lord, our love for each other, and really the protection of the covenant relationship that we have with one another. Yeah, well, that's great. Now, if you burn the pig, there is no forgiveness there. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, keep keep sticking with us over the holidays. We've got we're going to talk about a few other tensions that you may experience. We look forward to having those uh, conversations with you. Thank you for supporting Christian Family Life. Tim and Suze, is it a wonderful time? It is a wonderful. It's the most wonderful time. Name the artist. Amy Graham. Oh, right out of the gate. This is Suzy's jam, baby. Plug it in. I think that's the number one Christmas album. So, hey, listen, fun fact, we gave you two number ones on this episode. The number one Christmas movie and the number one Christmas album. There we go. Shoot us a message with those two number ones, and we'll send you a free book. (laughs) It's the 
Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website at christianfamilylife.com. There you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all the social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.